Hello and welcome to episode four, week four of the uh, 52-week movie challenge on a Take Two a podcast with me, Andrew. And me, Charlie. And uh, just to explain once again, we're, we're four weeks into this challenge where each week we watch a different movie together. The movie is ideally suggested by some of you guys as our listeners, either on our uh, Twitter page at Take Two Movies or through our Facebook page. Um, we then watch the movie that you suggest and uh, then we get together to talk about it and it's been going all right. So are you enjoying it so far, Charlie? Yeah, no, it's been great. It's been something I'm looking forward to every week, especially just watching a movie, just kind of expanding my knowledge, I guess. A yeah. library catalogue of, of films that I can recommend. So no, it's been great. And we've done, so we've done three so far. I think yeah. we've got in, in top place at the moment, we've got Green Book and uh, what did we watch last week? King's Speech. Yeah. Um, at the top of the pile. Um, this week, we watched Okja. Mm-hmm. Uh, Netflix original, directed by Bong Joon-ho, who's now more famous, of course, for directing and writing Parasite, which won Best Movie of the Oscars earlier this year. Yeah, I think Tilda Swinton produced it. I think I read that somewhere. Um, yeah, Tilda Swinton co-produced. Brad Pitt, I think, executive yes. produced as well. Some yeah. big names involved in it. Yeah, it's big, some big acting names in there too. Yep. Um, and uh, it was it was quite a different experience, I think, uh, compared to the, the the movies that we've watched so far have all been quite, I would say, quite traditional. Yeah. Uh, quite standard, quite formulaic, very good, but, you know, followed a set story. You know, you knew where you would go and you were on a set path. Uh, this one just took all that, chucked it out and did a load of weird stuff. Yeah, it, it is very kind of weird and absurd. But, I mean, I in, in a good way, I'd say, in a good way, I'd say, though. Cool. Well, what I know from people uh, I've spoken to who've listened to this podcast is one of their favourite bits is what's now becoming known as the Charlie synopsis, where you take us through what happened with the story. I cannot wait for your summary of this film. <laughs> yeah. I still don't really know what was going on. And I've, I watched it two nights ago. So um, so go for it, mate. Over to you, Charlie synopsis. Tell us a bit about Okja. Okay, so um, there's... There's a big pig. It's, it's, it's very big. Like um, a lot, you get a lot of bacon from it. Some would say yeah. an infinite amount of bacon. Um, okay. So Tilda Swinton's character, um, Lucy Mirando, she's the head of this company, um, and they, they they claim that they found this big this big pig in like this farm in I think it was like India or China or some kind of place in Asia. And and she kind of does this. She sets up this competition that she she she's breeded these pigs and she sends them out to like all these different countries in the world. And whichever country breeds the best pig, they, yep. they win this like pig competition. And then that pig is is like crowned the the, the bestest pig. So basically, the, <laughs> their plan is to 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 kill these pigs and get loads more meat for for. I guess for the world, and it's also these these animals also leave a very small carbon footprint. So yeah. we kind of then jump to this um, rural town, and is it in China? Yeah, yeah. Uh, rural no, town. Korea, Korea. Oh, sorry, yeah. this rural yeah. town in Korea, and there's this little girl um, whose name is uh, Mi. Is it Mi? I don't want to pr- mispronounce this because <laughs> sorry, Mija. Let's go with Mija. Mija, it's Mija. Yeah. yeah. So she's um, she is one of the farmers her and her grandfather were chosen to raise this this big ass pig basically and so <laughs> see we see them kind of raise it and see what kind of and, and see what it's like to live with a big ass pig and yep. then these the, the representatives from the company come and they're like yo this pig is big ass and they, and they take the pig and and to the competition and then yeah. Mija's kind of like yo i I don't really like that because he's my friend. And then the kind of the, the story follows Mija trying to find the the, the her pig again, um, Okja, and then yep. also also uncovering secrets about the company and who they really are, and also meeting um, numerous friends along the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is a that is an excellent summary. You've done way better than I uh, <laughs> I would have with that. Absolutely. So. Uh, I, I honestly don't know where to start 
with this movie. So I'm I'm gonna let you kind of kick things off. What right. what were your what were your initial thoughts? What what's kind of front of your mind when you think of this uh, of this film? Um, I really liked it. I just I, I think just I think weird <laughs> weirds a really good word to kind of represent it because I mean what other pig do you know what other pig what kind of movie do you know that kind of stars a huge pig and I kind of and it, and it and the the yeah it's so it's so strange I mean there's so much to talk about I think I think especially kind of the messages that flow through it of kind of from kind of climate change to kind of um kind of the slaughtering of animals to kind of yeah to, to lots of things and I just think it's so many strange ideas combined into kind of one beautiful idea that's so well executed what about you cool. So this is where it's going to get interesting, right? Because I I really struggled with it. I find okay. I yeah, and I, I don't get me wrong. I loved so much that I wanted to like about it because I thought it was quite a unique idea. Obviously, quite a unique idea. It was very quirky. It was very. It looked great. The special effects looked great as well. Mm-hmm. Um, the acting from the lead who played the young girl who was a Shohyun An. We played Misha was yep. I thought she was incredible. It was cracking. Um, I think where I really struggled was it felt like there were too many, too many different agendas going on mm. in the movie okay. to really, uh, in uh, to to really get a grasp of what the movie was all about, and um, some some of the acting was just so over the top. Particularly from Jake Gyllenhaal, <laughs> yeah. and probably and, and Tilda Swinton, yeah. I think Tilda Swinton plays two roles, right? We'll come back to that a little bit later on. Yeah, I think in the first role where she's playing the CEO, Lucy Miranda. Yeah, I think both both of those roles, I, I don't really understand. I actually would have probably enjoyed it more if there was like a credible, believable villain. Whether it was either of those two, whether it was Jake Gyllenhaal or whether it was Tilda Swinton's character, but because both of them were so, and I know I'm, I sound like you now, but because both of them were so annoying or over the top, okay. it, they were like a pan. They, they for me felt like a bit of a pantomime villain. Interesting. And, and so I didn't find I, I couldn't really take them seriously. There was still stuff that disturbed me about what they did. Yeah, but I I don't think. I think that could have been more powerful and could have made the movie a bit a easier to follow and be more bearable and probably make me cheer on um, Mija and Okja even more. Oh, see, that's good though. It's good that you disagree and I with 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 my opinion and I disagree with your opinion because I'd Definitely. say I'd say that Jake John Hawes and and Tilda Swinton. Okay, fair enough. Tilda Swinton's two characters, I felt were could have been a wee bit more threatening and scary instead of just I felt like she just dropped the F bomb about fifty times. <laughs> Did you feel that as well though? Because it just yeah. felt, it's almost like Netflix has said to Bon Joon Ho, you can say the F word like this amount of time. And they were like, Yes, no, that's what I said. Go, 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 go. You know what I mean? It's like, oh okay. Well really well, so to explain a little bit of it, if if anyone listening hasn't seen it, so Tilda Swinton, uh, you, you explained it perfectly well. The, the main character she plays, pretty much for the first two thirds of the movie, is um, Lucy Randall. I'd say yeah. three quarters in the movie. Like the, the second character is barely in it, and it's useless. I'd say. See now, this is so. This is interesting. So she plays the. She actually plays two sisters, twin sisters. Actually, no, they might not be twin sisters. Sorry, just two sisters. The first sister. Is the CEO of the organization, Mirando. Um, I would describe her as a bit. She she evidently wants to be a great CEO, but she also wants to be loved and liked for all the right reasons. Yeah. And actually, because of she's kind of caught between those two stools, it, she she doesn't really know how to do it, what to do, and she relies very heavily on guidance from her assistant, who's a bit of a kind of background. Um, more shadowy figure who actually I also think could have done with more time. I think I think oh, yeah. get to see more of him. Totally. Um, and then because she's so inept, she's then replaced, like you say, with about a quarter of the movie to go by her sister. Her sister come, kind of swoops in and takes Man. over. And her sister is much 
more ruthless. Just couldn't couldn't give a toss about anything. Is just in her mind very much business head on. Yeah, making purely economic decisions based on the value of the pig, and the, you know, trying to make sure that the business keeps going. Sure. But like, and and actually, I would have liked to have seen that second character more and explored more because I probably I didn't like the character more than the first sister, but I believed in her more as a villain. Yeah. And 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 thought she was more dislikable. And was also more like clear cut in terms of what the character was. The first character was just this weird. I don't think she knew what she was, so therefore it was hard for the audience to kind of get to grips with her. At least the second character, you know, oh my god, she's a complete whatever. She's horrendous, and so you know she's a villain. I hate her, and 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 you can align with that really quickly. Whereas the the first Tilda Swinton character was just ugh, mm. just kind of put me off every time. But see, came on screen really. But see, I wouldn't say I was threatened or scared by either of the Tilda twins. Like I would say, either <laughs> of them were were reasonably, like, whenever they came on screen, I was like, oh, here we go. Do you know what I mean? Like, it was like, okay, so it's Tilda Swinton and it's Tilda Swinton too. Like, I, I would... Right. I, okay. I can't tell if that was... I, th- I think that was maybe that they didn't have enough time to flesh out those characters and they maybe gave too much time to the... um to the to the, the activist group, the animal rights activist group. But, I mean, we'll, we'll go back to them later. But, I mean, who would you say, if you had to kind of put it down to one person, who would you say is the main... Antagonist of antagonist of this this film. That do you know what that that's the core of it for me because there's mm-hmm. moments there's there's two you know who your protagonist is right you know who you're supporting you know who you're a fan of mm. and you know you're supporting Bokja and Mija and that's grand there were like too many peripheral villains all with conflicting motivations and and issues. And it just, it, it just all felt like a bit of a mess at times because of that. Okay. Um. So, mm. uh, the other, uh, I suppose the other antagonist was, um, Jake Gyllenhaal's character was one of them. Like you say, we'll come back to the. She's usually supported by this Animal Liberation Front. We'll I come mean, back they, to could, them they could be viewed. They could also be viewed as villains, I guess, as well. That was it. They they were a bit of both as well. So it was quite yeah. hard to kind of. There were times when they were helpful but not really helping, and other times when they were, you know, not not. We'll come back to them. Um, Jake Gyllenhaal's character for me was way worse in terms of, you know, some of the stuff that you see him doing. Yeah. In in the movie, but but I I don't I don't know what made him do it, but it was so overacted, so so over the top that I. It just felt like, like I said, kind of bad pantomime. I don't really know why he went down that route with it. See, I see. I think Jake Gyllenhaal was gold in this movie. Like, I really <laughs> liked it. I did. He was in many ways, especially when he came up the mountain to kind of, and he was like swearing and like throwing stuff around and like being like just a prat. And then he suddenly put a smiley <laughs> face on and changed his top. I was like, he's he is basically kind of his role was very similar to Mysterio, in the sense that you, you've seen Far From Home, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the sense that he's very much kind of when the cameras aren't on, a jerk and like a really horrible guy. But the cameras are on. He's this kind of two faced. He, he was. I really liked him in this. But I thought. I think he was. I, I'd say he was underused because I thought at the the kind of the point when Nancy Miranda came in, I thought he was going to be revealed as kind of oh, so it's Jake Gyllenhaal is who the. I thought he was kind of going to go rogue and then he was the main kind of guy. But I think especially when he was. Especially when they were in the the lab, they called it, and he was like, yeah, yeah. doing stuff to the the pig. I mean, that was he he that was horrible. I mean, I think he did it. He kind of captured the kind of psychopathic traits of this animal lover slash hater really well. I'd say, but I mean, would you disagree? Yeah, well, I, I, because I just struggled with the over the topness of it. It was, yeah. I, I think, and and I. Maybe it's just because I prefer my villains or the people that I don't like to to be more kind of cool and cold and calculating rather than this weird kind of over the top, uh, really over extrovert display. Whether it was kind of physical hands all over the place or whether it was his voice or his facial gesture, like everything was just so full on. Um, but I th- where I do agree with you is you didn't get enough of any of those characters 
enough, yeah. to, to, to really understand what their motivations were. So, and maybe mm-hmm. this is the problem, right? Because we've been, we've so far we've watched movies which have had tighter casts, with like two or three main characters. So that over the course of like a two-hour movie, Citizen Kane was a little bit different, but we could, you know there was clearly one main character and loads of ancillary characters there, and yeah. they all got enough screen time to let you know what what role they played, all that kind of stuff. And I guess, Led, and I guess, in, sorry, and I guess in those films there isn't really a main villain. You know what I mean? There yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, absolutely. A villain in Green Book. I mean, I guess racism's the main villain in that film. Do you know? And yeah. And and there isn't there's not really any need for a main villain in, in Citizen Kane. And then I guess in the King's Speech, the main villain's is Stammer. Do you know? I mean, yeah. like I don't absolutely. No, that's a great shout. Great shout. The, 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 the antagonist is actually a, a physical person. And I guess the problem with it in your case, more, less so in mine, is that there was there was almost too many antagonists for there to be an antagonist. Yeah, because I can I, I didn't know enough about either Attila Swinton's characters. Hmm. Yeah. Because didn't have enough screen time, any of them. Yeah. But but do you know what? I would I would have been up for hearing more because they were they were interesting characters. Not particularly I don't think they were particularly well acted, but they were interesting characters. Um like I mentioned, uh they had a kind of assistant guy or a support a kind of yeah, voice Giancarlo behind Esposito. the face. Yeah, and Giancarlo Esposito always is a brilliant villain. Do you know, yeah. no matter what he's in, oh, he's, he's phenomenal. Yeah, I mean, he's what's he done? He's done Breaking Bad. He's in the new Far Cry. He's, he's, yeah. he's brilliant. But in this, he was so underused. It was like, oh, what? Totally. And yet, actually, probably yeah. the best, it still still the best acting out of all the villains in it, for me, was Giancarlo Esposito, even though, because he was underplaying it constantly. And you just thought, right, well, he's, not as grandstanding as the other ones and not as emotive, but I actually believe that he could be an absolute swine. Uh, excuse the pun based on the fact we're talking <laughs> about giant pig. But yeah. I could believe that. And it was and I think that was it because because some of those other performances were a little bit too much for me, what what it did do was it made me really appreciate the more understated performances. So the performance of Giancarlo Esposito didn't get enough screen time, but actually still a really good understated performance performance of the lead actress playing uh, <clears throat> Misha, absolutely brilliant. Yeah. Yeah, no, she was great. I, I did enjoy her kind of her journey. And even though you know you in many ways this was kind of like a half um foreign language film because of there was a lot of subtitles, Korean subtitles. Yeah, yeah. I think it was done beautifully and I think even though we couldn't understand what her character was saying, we could still I mean obviously we had sub- subtitles, but even though we couldn't really understand what her character was saying, we still she did. She still had a better journey than Tilda Swinton's character, for example. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, which I think is really, really crazy when you look at it. But I think, yeah, I think going back to Giancarlo Esposito, I think he was extremely underused. But I think he was also like he does kind of play similar roles in most. Like he is a kind of famous for doing his villain acting. So I yeah. think like, like have you seen The Boys on Amazon Prime? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's in that at the end, isn't he? So yeah he's sort of a wee bit like the kind of creepy kind of CEO of the company. It was similar to this, but except the difference is it didn't go anywhere. And I think I, I, going into this, when I saw he was in it on the balcony at the start, I was like, right. So halfway through the movie, he's going to overthrow to the Swens. <laughs> yeah. And then he's going to be the main <clears throat> bad guy. Cause I mean, it's Duke or Esposito, duh. But instead this Nancy Miranda character comes in, who's a bit like, Oh, and and he still remains the assistant. Like what? Like anyone could have been cast in that role. Why did you cast yeah. Giancarlo Esposito? It's just a waste. Um, yeah, yeah. But no, that's that's the last thing about villains. Would you go to the protagonist? But no, no. Um, uh, the little girl playing Misha was brilliant. Um, just a real absolute star from the minute you know the, the you're way you're you're right behind the two of them from the minute they both appear on screen and they do some really nice stuff where. You know, it slows the pace down after quite a frenetic first couple of minutes in America. It then goes to Korea and you've got like a good kind of 10, 15 minutes of just really slow paced them playing with one another and being around one another and seeing how their pace of life is before yeah. the, the Mirando company come into it and kind of throw it all into chaos again. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, they, do, do, they do a really great job of um, showing that they really do have a relationship and that they do really love each other, I'd say. Tell me about um, 
Okja, what do you think about kind of the special effects in terms of, you know, they obviously went to great lengths to create this very realistic but very massive pig. Did it? Did she come across as believable? Could you jump on board with it? Um, so, majority of the time, yes. There were a couple of scenes, kind of especially in the daytime when she's running and you're a bit like, that's not a giant pig, that's a CGI <laughs> thing. I mean, like, the majority of the time it was very good, especially at the end with the and you saw the the, the, the multiple giant pigs. Um, yeah. And that was done very, I think it was done very well. You could tell, like, a ton of the budget went towards just making it, like, I feel sorry for the animator who had to had to make that, like, just, like, <laughs> you know I mean? like, he, you know, he got paid, mate. He'll be all right. He or she got paid. He'll be fine. <laughs> no, but it's, what are we, what are we doing today? What am I doing today? Oh, so that we need another 43 giant pigs today, if that's all right. I think that was the only kind of main CGI stuff in this. I'd say like a decent amount of it was all kind of practical kind of explosions. And Would you, would you say so? Yeah, I was, yeah, I think that's where the, the real focus was, wasn't it? But it, it, it needed that pig to work and that character to work because otherwise he just wouldn't care. Do you know what I mean? There needed <laughs> yeah. to be a certain amount of uh, cuteness, likability, lovability. And you needed to fall in love with her really quick to to be willing to go on that journey. But I think I think it worked because that scene where she was taken into the lab or whatever it was called, yeah, and treated so horribly, then you know that was for me undoubtedly the most disturbing part of the movie, and yeah. just you know it was hard to watch. So that's that's to me that's a really good indication that. They've done a very good job with designing that animal, both in terms of how it looks, but also in terms of how it sounds and how they've developed that character and made you made you love it within you know sixty minutes. You're you're rooting for it, and you you don't want anything bad to happen to it because it's just a, a nice, pleasant creature. It doesn't deserve any of that kind of crap. Yeah, totally. I mean, what I know because this is kind of a regular thing that happens. But did you have any characters that irritated you? <laughs> <laughs> I think I might have. I think I might have hit the nail on the head with a couple already. I think the, the Jake yeah. Gyllenhaal one was the was the big one for me. Who, who? But you liked Jake Gyllenhaal's character in it. So who was? Well, not you didn't like his character, but you thought he it, he was gold, like you said. Who irritated you on this one? The grandpa really was a favorite. <laughs> he just was, like he was very forgettable, but I I, I couldn't forget him just because he was such a not nice guy. It's true though, like he he's. So give, to give a bit of background, so uh, Misha's parents died. We don't know how, but their parents are, her parents are dead. And she lives sure. with her grandpa in this farm where they get the pig. But the grandpa's, yeah. he kind of, he's, he carries his weight. You know, he's not, he doesn't make her do everything. Like, he gets the sticks and he's, you know, like the, the, the jobs are balanced. Like, he's not, he doesn't, like, like he doesn't disrespect, he's like, you know, he's not, dis, dis, like, properly disrespectful. Like, he's, un, you can get, he's like, all right, guy. But he doesn't, he doesn't understand that, um, he doesn't really understand the relationship between Misha and and Okja. So when sure. and and he lies to her. So when it comes to the Jake Gyllenhaal coming up the mountain and doing his over dramatic um, speech and all, all the rest of it, and and all these people coming up to get the pig, he um, he, he didn't tell M- Misha that that the pig was going to be taken away. Yes. Uh, so she she's a bit like, all right, well, there's no need for that. And then to make matters worse, he then tells her that. I, I, I couldn't tell if it was alive. I'd like to think it's alive, just so I can hate the character more. He tells her that in his dreams last night, he heard her parents say that they wanted to go and see her. So he then yeah. takes her way up the mountain to go and see her parents' grave. And then he gives her maybe the most obvious plot MacGuffin ever I've seen. <laughs> <laughs> um, which, is a go- which is a golden pig. Um, and he's like, yo, so this thing, they try to hide the fact that it's for plot reasons, but they're like, oh, so it's a it's a gold pig, and it's like a symbol of being um, grown up. And she's like, yeah, but I'm only thirteen. And he's like, yeah, well, that's old. And then <laughs> they go back down to the mountain. If it's not awkward enough, they go back down to the mountain, and then the pig's gone. And then he's like, oh yeah, by the way, <laughs> sold the pig you loved. <laughs> it's like, like it's so brutal. <laughs> it's it's, uh, it's not what you would expect from a loving. Uh, patriarch child relationship. Yeah, I think that's the weird thing, isn't it? Because you're expecting the grandfather and her to be pretty tight because obviously he's looked after her. She's lost her parents. They they, they literally just lived 
together on this farm pretty remotely with this pig. So I I would absolutely agree. I don't know if I was that irritated because I just thought he was just like this weird side character. But you certainly, you know, highlighted how he he was very manipulative in that. And it was a bizarre way to do it. Also because, like, if, if, if the, I think the issue... Mija had was she thought that her grandfather had already bought the pig, so they wouldn't have to give it back. Yeah. So he'd he'd actually been lying to her for ages, right? It wasn't just like he lied to her at that point. So, but but why why would you do that? Why would you say, oh yeah, no problem, you know, if you know that you're going to have to give that pig back? Because there was no benefit to him seeing her build a better relationship with the pig. I I don't. yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't. It was a bit of an unnecessary thing. It's so not like he was just so not nice. Like even when he, I mean, yeah, he wasn't a nice guy. And then the fact he was, it was quite funny that he was kind of so weak and frail that he just couldn't stop her. Oh <laughs> well, yeah, he was so smart. It's like oh, fine. Later on, he's he's jumping on the plane to go with her or something like that. He's he's kind of oh, yeah. not. Oh, I pure forgot about that part. And then he like encourages her to. Do the thing she really doesn't want to do, and he's so horrible. Eh? What? Yeah, such a jerk. <laughs> but then at the end, the minute, oh. at the end, they all go back to living together. Yeah, and and they're living together up at the top. It, it, you know, spoiler alert for for Oak Jeff, you haven't seen it. The pig survives, and they take the pig back up the hill, and so they're all still together. So so she's clearly forgiven him and is still living in the old way. He's still pottering about. Or deleted scene when they get to the top of the mountain with the pig, the pig eats him. <laughs> well, now you see that that does bring an element of uh, the issue of being a carnivore into play. So I was reading a, a, one of the, I think it was a message of this film, but some of the messages feel a bit conflicted, right? Because there's it's it's really hard to know if there's like one clear message from this film, but I can imagine. One of the messages was around, you know, there's a there's the scene in the lab. There's also a scene later on, and there's a common a common uh, occurrence is a, is a, a team called the Animal Liberation Front, a crew of guys who are trying to free Okja and are are trying to save animals from harm and neglect around the world. Um, and you know their efforts are sometimes well founded, other times pretty horrendous you know they're, they're, they're kind of mixed bag I, they're, basically, I don't they're basically terrorists with good intentions yeah I, I, that's right the, the way that, that i think that's what makes it really confusing right because there are um and uh, we've talked over the last couple of weeks how i quite like shades of gray i'd rather have you know flaws in characters and things like that but the tricky thing here i think is there's they're kind of played for laughs that squad so they're quite Buddy, buddy, they're quite chummy. They have a bit of a, a bit of banter between them, um, but at the same time, they're doing some fairly dark stuff. Hmm. But I don't really know how much they care about what they're. I, I'm struggling to get through the fact that they, they care about it. They kind of take it seriously in some moments. Other moments, they don't take it seriously at all. And also, let's be honest, that there are moments when they're really good at what they do, and there's the, the very next minute. They're, they seem to be really crap at freeing animals and being really terrible at it. So I also can't really... And yeah, they do. They, they are painted like a bit of a terrorist organisation and then two minutes later they're given this kind of uh, happy slappy you know, banter going on between them and, and they're all... You know, it's it's a good squad to be part of. So yeah, that's a, that, that for me was really tricky part to, to enjoy as well. Was Am I off the mark there? Would you agree or...? Um, I mean, I think it was kind of, I guess some, I, I, I liked some of the squad members more than others. I mean, I, I, I especially wasn't a huge fan of the leader who I felt was the, the only reason he cast that guy is because they couldn't get Killian Murphy. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> right. Okay. No, you, see, you see what I mean? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Similar, he, he similar actors. Yeah. Um, and I think <laughs> I, I, I didn't really get the guy who was, play, who played Roderick in the Diary of a Wimpy Kid movies. <laughs> oh, I don't know who that is. Which one was? Which one was he? He was the one who was constantly like, "Oh, I haven't eaten meat, and I'm I'm gonna pass out." And they were like, "Oh, <laughs> yeah. hold on a sec, we're gonna. Don't worry, I've got you." And it was a bit like, 
all right, well, that's not hugely, like, I don't really get that. Yeah. Um, some, but some of them I did like, like, I like the kind of story with the, the guy who was, who lied and said that Misha was, was up for the plan. And then we're like, yes. And then turns out he kind of, he kind of confessed and then he got his head smacked against the table, which looked brutal. But I think, I think I quite liked his kind of weird arc. Yeah. They were kind of, they were quite iffy. But I see where you're coming from with, with their kind of opposing kind of personalities. Yeah, and it made it made it harder to work out. Am I rooting for these guys? Am I not rooting for these guys? Yeah, I think that was no, the no. point though. I think you were meant to be a bit like, so am I meant to like these people or am I meant to not? You know, what you I mean? see, that's the thing because because I don't know either way, and it was the same with that first Tilda Swinton character. Because I don't really know either way, I end up just feeling like I don't really care about them. Do you know what I mean? Just if if you're not gonna if you're not gonna make them stand out as either really solid in terms of I don't mind someone being flawed, but I care enough about them still to support them and, and root for them. But if they're flawed and, you know, they do some good stuff and they do some not so good stuff, and I still don't really know what motivates them and what, what they're trying to do, then I, I end up just feeling, oh, God, what's the point in them having screen time? Let's see more of the pig. I'd rather watch the pig than these <laughs> lads. So I, I definitely felt that with the post-credit scene. Did you, did you watch the post-credit scene? Yeah, I so so maybe to explain there's a there's a post credit scene at the end where um it looks like the leader and I suppose his main supporter in the Animal Liberation Front are maybe leaving jail, maybe getting out of prison is yeah. what I was taking from it. They're getting um, released. I don't know if they've been in prison, but they're kinda of getting released from um from their questioning or whatever. And then they get on yeah. a bus and then it turns out that they're I guess they're gonna go and free the pigs. Well, I, I, I have no, I, I don't know, and I think I don't know what the joke is. I don't know whether the because I get the feeling it should be a joke, and the idea is just that for me it was just they got on a, a kind of bus, and you know within within seconds they're on their next job, whatever that quest is, whatever you know whatever that righteous quest is to go and free another animal, whether it's the pigs, whatever it is. So they're all putting their balaclavas on, and I think the joke is there's a old woman on the bus who doesn't realise that she's actually somehow got herself involved in this group of animal liberationists uh, and looks yeah. fairly shocked at it all happening and then it ends yeah and i again i didn't care enough about them yeah or find them funny enough to then care that much that i was like oh brilliant post credit scene so can we can we have a little chat about post credit scenes because i mean what do you feel on post credit scenes what do you think of well them? i think it, it's oh i love them in in the sense, I, I quite like it as it, you know it, it they became a real staple with the Marvel movies, didn't they, yeah. for the superhero movies? And they were great for a little teaser. And I I love anything like that, whether it's a teaser that comes out 18 months before the movie is released, whether it's the full trailer. People get annoyed that nowadays they release like three trailers for a movie over time. I love it. I, I would quite happy. It used to be, used to get Empire Ma- Movie Magazine, right, when I was a kid. And mm-hmm. it, once a year, normally kind of around May time, it would actually come with, this shows how old it was, it would come with a video cassette. It would come with a VHS tape, right? Yeah, so you'd get, and it just had trailers on it. it. had like 20, 30 trailers on it. Ah, oh, pretty cool. Amazing. And um, I would sit and watch that. And it wasn't like I couldn't go and watch the movies. I could go and watch the movies if I wanted to, but I, I just used to love watching the trailers. So whether it's pre-credits, whether it's pre-movie, whether it's post-credits, Love stuff like that, yeah. But prefer there's obviously some that are better than others, sure. Like, and and obviously you you probably watch it, or certainly if you're in the cinema, you you sit there and you wait for it, hoping that it's going to be something that drives the story forward or gets builds a bit of anticipation, yeah, and makes you want to. But you also know, I suppose, that it's a bit of a gamble because it might just be. Is it the end of the Ant Man and the Wasp that it was just like a big fly or an ant? Probably yeah, more likely. It was just, just an ant playing the drums, yeah. But and it's also and, got, and it's just a bit pointless. And then you've also got, for example, Avengers, the, fir- the first Avengers, which came out 2012, I think it was, that had Thanos <laughs> just chilling yeah. in the chair. And I was like, yeah. I was like, whoa, that's awesome that we're, we're getting Thanos and this, this, that, and that. But I, and but I think here in this film, it was used dreadfully, like. <laughs> What? I don't really care about the animal. I don't. Well, I, I care about them. But I don't care what they're going to do next. 
Because I mean, no. not like it was teasing a spin-off. I mean, obviously that it came out in 2017. I don't think we're getting a spin-off. I think I would have <laughs> been more interested in seeing Jake Gyllenhaal's character in jail, starting with him. Because I mean, his 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 character arc ended very abruptly. Like he was exposed, and then he kind of went to the audience. Oh, whoa, whoa! I'm sorry. I'm this, 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 and then he was just. Was he like, but he was just like immersed under like a bunch of people. Was that it? Yeah. Yeah. I would like to see yeah. where his character went. I mean, like, what, like, why do we have to see the animal? I mean, obviously they were in cap, like something happened to them, but I'm sure they would have continued their job when they got out. We didn't need something to tell us that. Or even still, why was that a post credit scene? Why didn't they just put it at the end of the movie? Like, why? Yeah. And, and maybe, maybe they're playing around with the idea of what a post credit scene should be, right? Because we're used to it being a, either a teaser or just some additional content, yeah. like the the ant kind of on the drums at the end of Ant and the Wasp. But this, and and maybe this was just something like that. Maybe maybe the director, the writer thought, oh, well, that'd be funny. We'll chuck that in because it's a bit of a laugh. It certainly it didn't add anything. It didn't give you any value. But interesting, you talking about the um, not not expecting a spin-off. So. I wouldn't expect a second Bokjack movie. There's no need for it or anything like that. But what I did see was another movie that uh, Bong Joon-ho made. Was I don't know if you've heard of it. It was called Snowpiercer. Chris Chris Evans, isn't it? Yeah, yeah I was going to say that's the one with Chris Evans, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so Tilda Swinton's in it as well. So, you know, obviously that'll draw you in. But um, <laughs> so so the, I think it's like a class struggle type movie, which doesn't surprise me too much because I think Parasite's you know, very class is a key theme in that as well. It's obviously a key theme for him. And it's this train that basically just is constantly moving around the world. Yeah. And um, I think because from the looks of things, the world's been frozen over pretty badly. So so everyone in humanity survives on this train. And there's the people at the front of the train, there's the people at the back of the train, and there's a very big class divide between the two. Okay. And it's a movie, Chris Evans is the lead, Tilda Swinton, I think is one of the kind of main antagonists again, surprise, surprise, in the kind of upper class front of the train. Chris Evans is in the lower class back of the train, obviously trying to create more equality, I think, is what it all is. Um, but what's interesting is Snowpiercer hasn't had a sequel, but it has now been made into a TV series. Yeah, yeah, it has. On, is it Netflix, I think, as well? Yeah. Netflix. Yeah. Yeah. So, so are you saying that this could possibly be spun off into a TV series? Because I want to yeah. see, see more of this world that, that Bong Joon-ho's created. I think it's fascinating, and especially the kind of company and not maybe so much Misha's story. I think that's kind of been finished. I mean, she didn't have any desire to go and free the... Well, she kind of did, but she didn't... You didn't get the impression that she was going to drop the pig back off her home and be like, right then, Grandad, let's go and save all the other pigs. Let's do it. Do you know what I mean? But at the same time, I don't want to see the animal rights guys because I wasn't hugely invested in them. <laughs> I mean, you just want to like, see more of Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah, I do. I do. I think it's the character's fascinating. Which is also why I don't. I want him to come back as Mysterio, because I think I think he's really. I think I I was just really interested in this strange character. <laughs> I mean, he could also do something with Giancarlo Esposito. Do you know there's a lot of stuff that they could do. So I, I think, think maybe it, some of the the things I was talking about earlier was about you know I didn't really feel like I got enough time with any of those characters we just talked about to really understand what was going on, and they seem to have very mixed motives. So maybe. Maybe this would have worked better for me as a TV show, where you've actually got, you know, several, you know, five or six 40, 50 minute episodes where you can begin to really not just feel for Bokja and Mija, but you can really feel quite angry about how some of the more villainous characters are behaving as opposed to just a bit confused as to what what's going on. Yeah. Um Yeah, I'd agree. That so so maybe that would be something that who knows, maybe that's something that uh, that might come through in the future, but I might. What was interesting though, it's not none of it's put me off watching something like Snowpiercer, even though I can't say a, like while there were bits in Oakjack I enjoyed, and there were things about it that I liked and thought were done very well. It's mm. it it wouldn't make me want to watch Oakjack again, but I would be open to watching something like Snowpiercer or Parasite because I think. It's clearly unique. There's clearly like a very clever mind at work building, making this movie. It's just not all aspects of it work for me. So you wouldn't see a sequel? I'd, I wouldn't be chomping at the bit for Oak Jat 2. Sure. No, I don't think so. 
See, I, I but, would but, be, I would be invested in a sequel. Really? Yeah, I really would. Be. But, so, but what would you? But like you said, but would it involve Okja? That's the thing. No, but it doesn't have to involve Okja. That's the point—a spin-off sequel kind of thing. It doesn't have to involve. Do you know? I mean, look at. I guess you could say, look at, look at Star Wars in the sense that this the new trilogy they spun that off was Luke really in it? Not really. I mean, especially not the first one. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, if you could still take the aspect. Maybe someone could find, maybe something else. Someone else could kind of find out about the company. And I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I'm not a. I'm not. I'm not Bon Ho, but I mean, I could. I could see them doing something else with it. No, but I wonder if this is something that's because I don't. I I think because what you're talking about is this concept. We kind of touched on it very briefly. Uh, I think previously, but it's that concept of universe, right? So you create a movie, and obviously there are stories behind what happened before that movie stories going on during that movie that you maybe don't see in the film and stories that will follow after that movie and that's all the stuff that's going on in the universe associated with that movie and that although that that to me is still quite a new idea i know obviously the marvel movies and the marvel universe and the dc universe all that stuff's been around for years and in the comic books you know even longer but that to me still feels like quite a new concept where i'm i'm still in that old school structure of well if you have a movie and you have a sequel then the sequel is going to have it's going to be the follow-on story but what you're talking about isn't really the follow-on story because the chances are the follow-on story for Okja is that's her she's at the top of the hill yeah and her and Mija will hopefully not to be too formulaic but they'll live happily ever after because that's what they deserve after such a hellish crappy experience sure but you're not wanting a sequel you're wanting a you want to know more about what goes on in that world that Bong Joon Ho's created, yeah, I'm wanting a, a kind of expansion of the universe and what and what else happens in this strange world in which, um, in which these pigs in, exist and this company exists. I think the company fascinates me more than the the animal rights guys. Just ah, okay, so okay. Kind of corrupted, and I think I think the cast that the, the cast in terms of the company were so great and underused that I'd want to see more of that. But I think I would be more interested in, like you say, a a TV show adaption. But then again, I'd want a TV show adaption that keeps the same cast. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, yeah, sure. it wouldn't really happen. You know? So I, I guess I guess we come to the conclusion that this should have been done as a TV show. <laughs> yeah. Well, for me, that, that might have worked better. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. But, uh, but, um, but I fear our ratings may differ mm. quite yeah. strongly. Before we go on to ratings, can, I know we're a bit cut from time, but can we just right, quickly talk about the ending? Yes, the, go for the, it. the ending is in the, um, the the kind of the golden the, the golden pig MacGuffin. Um, yeah, of course. So, um, well, wait, I'll, I'll explain what a MacGuffin is. A MacGuffin is a is a, an object or a character that's used to um, to continue the plot and to make the plot work. So, yeah. in terms of this. The, the the rubbishy granddad gave um, Misha the, the golden pig at the beginning and funny enough you forgot all about it <laughs> almost yep. although it wasn't necessary in 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 more than half the movie so so then uh, Misha once once the kind of concert uh, the event happens not concert the event happens and everyone's kind of exposed she goes and finds um, Okja and Okja's about to about to be killed basically and, yeah and oh it's about to happen and oh here we go Okja's death and then um Nan, uh, was it like the um the 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 uh, Tilda Swinton's Tilda Swinton 2 comes out and she's like <laughs> all right well here's the deal you, you have to give me a deal for the pig and then oh remember the remember the golden pig oh she brings it out and then Oh my goodness, me a golden pig. This is brilliant. Let's take this, right? You can have your pig. And it just felt so lazy to me. <laughs> it did. Like that was the only It was easy, it wasn't it? It was very it was easy. So easily done. Like it was so stupid. Like that's the only thing that really got me. And then but I think then half of it was sort of made up when she walked outside and they saw the other pigs and especially the baby pig. It was just like you know, like that's only one of of hundreds. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That's kind of and and showing that and showing that kind of I guess I guess that's what made me want to see more of more of the this kind of world was showing that this okay there's 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 still a lot to be done. Do you know at the end of that 
film, that company hasn't been taken down. Do you know what I mean? It's not the end. No. Go back happy. It's it's really. I think that's why I loved about the end in the sense that it's not a happy ending, but it's not a bad. No. Ending. It's, it's yeah. very much a great, great. It's very much a gray area, which I think worked really well. Yeah, I, I, I didn't feel particularly satisfied with the ending for exactly that reason. It was you know very easy. Mm. Um, but I, I'm saying that like I could suggest anything better. I don't. I, I think they kind of back themselves in a corner because there's the truth is there's there's no positive ending because even though Oakja survives, um, like you say, you can still see this entire field pretty much filled with these pigs that are all going to slaughter. Um, yeah. You also know that business is going to do very well, probably, through the sale of those pigs. Um, you also, if you then take it out of the movie, you feel a little bit guilty because no one ever wants, to, no, no, you know, same meat-eating individual such as myself ever feels particularly comfortable watching mm. animals being killed for food. Mm. And yet, you know, I'm not going to lie, I had a bacon roll this morning. So it's it's... <laughs> you know, it's clearly not affected me to the point that I think, oh, it, it's horrible, but I'm going to change my habits. So, because I'm innately selfish and I quite enjoy my meat. So, it's a, it, it is a bit of a sickener of an ending, mm. but it's tinged with, well, isn't it great? Isn't it nice that Oakja survived? But isn't it futile because what difference does it make? But so that's it, I think. I, I was quite disappointed in the ending, but I don't really know how it could have been any better. You know, I, I think it would have been ridiculous if all the all the villains had been killed and suddenly the whole world decided to go vegetarian and, you know, it, it just wouldn't have worked. The truth is it probably just held up a mirror to say, do you know what, one pig survived, but um, if if we really cared about animals to the extent that you care about Okja in this movie, then you probably wouldn't let this kind of crap happen to them. But yeah. you know what? You don't care, and we don't care, and it will keep on happening. Yeah, it was a funny ending. I, 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 yeah, I mean, it's a funny movie, you know? Funny ending. But there have there have been stories of people, you know, turning vegetarian after watching it. There's been a couple really? of... Uh, yeah, there's been a couple of reports, articles written about that, and and I can, I can get that. I, I think there's... There's loads of things that turn people vegetarian if, if they you don't start on that path early on or they're not kind of put on that path by somebody else. There's a lot of people who uh, convert and, and convert because they see either fictional examples of abattoirs or they visit an abattoir or they, they hear stories. And, of course, it is. It's, it can be horrendous what happens to animals in these places. So yeah. I, I, I can understand it. I'm just a little bit too selfish to kind of get on board with it, really. Yeah. Yeah, let's do a rating. I, I fear these may differ. It'd be interesting to see. Yeah. Um, what have you gone for? What did you go for with a rating? I mean, I've had a good week to think about this. And I didn't... I mean, from what you're saying, I'm, my ratings kind of changed. Because I was usually going to go for a 4.5 because I really did enjoy it. But yeah. I don't... I feel a force... I, can we go four and a quarter? Is that too ridiculous? No, we're not going four and a quarter. This is ridiculous. No, we're not, so we're not doing four and a quarter. Because uh, there's only two of us voting. If we if we had if we had like a hundred people, then I'd say right, let's start bringing in some more nuances to the mathematics of this. But it's just two of us. So why? But tell me why. So you went with four and a half. Uh, and remember, you're speaking to the guy who gave Citizen Kane four and a half, and we know how incredulous you are about that. So what what was why why four and a half? Because if it's four and a half, it's four and a half, mate. You know what? Or what's well, changed well, was, about your thinking? It was four and a half, and then I sort of forgot about Tilda Swinton's bigger kind of role and putting that in perspective and I sort of went uh you know you know I, I and what you were saying about it so I don't I I I sort of didn't see that before but now you kind of lifted the curtain and I understand that now so can we go I'll say four stars but I want to make clear that one of those stars was literally Jake Gyllenhaal I really liked him. I thought he was brilliant. Oh my god! Um, so, so you're going four stars. Yep. Now it's, so it's interesting. I started this conversation on two and a half stars. What? Are you serious? Yeah. Two and a half stars. 
Oh, come on. That's two and a half stars, and I've, I've bumped it up to a massive three. Um, and I've bumped it up because it's, it is, the more we've talked about it, the more I've realised yeah, it is a well-crafted story. You know, there is an interesting universe there, like you said. There is stuff there that, I don't know, that, that, that it does intrigue me, it does interest me more. I think for me, anything three stars and above is something that I would normally recommend or think that's a good movie, right? And okay. this this movie for me, it's not a bad movie, but it's not it's not badly made. It's, it's actually very well made. It looks good. It's got really interesting parts to it. It's got uh, lovable characters in it. It's got stuff that makes you feel stuff. But the the characters, some of the, some of the acting and the characters in it would are not good. Which is not well done for me. But who, who, in your opinion, yeah, like like well, I mean, we both know I'm going to say Jake Gyllenhaal, even yeah, though you love yeah. them. Uh, and and yeah. the, and the first Tilda Swinton character. But I would say that's a badly acted role. I'd say that's a. I mean, I, I mean, it's proven that here right now that, that that's that character is very much opinionated. So I guess it's yeah. I, I'd I'd argue that his acting's not bad. It's that he's very he's, he divides opinion that character. And I and I would disagree. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But he has divided opinion, so that's that's fair enough. Um, but it's I, I anything that's normally over like three, I would recommend to people. I don't think I would recommend Okja to people and say, "Oh, you should see this." I think I would say, if you have a certain disposition, if you've got nothing better to do, it's not a bad movie, but it's not something that you're necessarily going to love. It's just different, and it's it's worth what it, it may be worth watching just because it's something a bit different. See, I'd I'd agree. I would I'd, I'd I'd see. I'd recommend this. I'd only recommend this movie to a certain group of people. Like like for example, I wouldn't I did I wouldn't think my parents would want to watch this. But, yeah. But I wouldn't think. But I'd maybe recommend this to my mates. But I wouldn't. For example, oh, like, yeah. my grands. And your your mom's like a prey. She likes her films, but like I wouldn't yeah. recommend this to her. No, well, bless her. I I saw her yesterday, and okay. she started watching it, and then turned it off when they got yeah. to the lab. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then and then and then uh, I think was glad that she turned it off when she got to the lab after I told her what happened after that. So exactly, yeah. and that's and, and my my theory is proven. <laughs> you know, but the good yes. for for me where I've uh, what I really enjoyed about it was I I kind of got into this not just to spend a bit more time you know chatting to you and talking about movies, uh, but also to start you know watch films that I haven't seen in the last couple of weeks. You know, I've seen Citizen Kane, I've seen The King's Speech, and they're pretty you know stuff. You talked about Oscar fodder and that kind of stuff. You can see they've been designed to appeal to a certain market and to be pretty just generically high quality in everything this yeah. one this movie was much more experimental and who knows what's going to happen next and you, yeah you really got the impression that um the director directed it and created it because he wanted to tell a story do you know what i mean absolutely which i think absolutely is admirable i think it was really well executed no pun intended <laughs> <laughs> so but what it does mean with your four and my three yeah is that okja is the lowest scoring movie so far Man, it's, it's, there you go. it's better than Citizen Kane. It's, <laughs> it is. It is. I can, I can confidently say that Oksha is not better than Citizen Kane really? for me. Good for me. me. Wow. <laughs> oh. But this is good. This is what it's all about. No, no, if this, uh, you know, we've we've been very quite close. I mean, Citizen Kane, we differed quite a lot, but we've been very close in our estimations of Green Book and The King's Speech. So it's nice to have a movie that the two of us can. Even though we disagree in it, we can still see each other's point of view. That's been I've, I've, I have enjoyed hearing yeah. what you had to say. Same here uh, about Okja, absolutely. But I'm not going to lie. I thought you'd I thought you'd, re- you'd really like this. Like I. Well, isn't that yeah, interesting? I thought you'd love it. Ah. But, but no, it is interesting. But no, I I yeah. honestly I was really looking forward to watching it. I thought I would love it too, uh, which is probably why I'm a bit disappointed that it didn't. I don't know. It didn't. It didn't grab me as much. As I hoped it would, because I I normally love something that's a bit quirky, a bit different. Do, do you know what? There was just too much trying to be different. Okay. So it was it was just there was just too much going on in it for me to care enough about the the things I needed to care about to make it a good movie. Interesting. So uh, so Okja 
week four. Um, a film starring animals is done. And we need to move on to challenge number five. Yes, which is, um, as we discussed a wee bit last week, um, an early film of a famous actor slash actress. So last, yeah. week, last week we both picked a, 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 an actor slash actress. So I think, what, what did you go for? Who did so you go? I went for Robert Downey Jr. and Jennifer Lawrence. Yep. And I think I went for Emma Stone and uh, Chris Evans. You did. Absolutely. And obviously we went out to the masses, the heaving masses that listen to podcasts. Yeah, absolutely. And they all tripped over themselves to start making suggestions. That sounds sarcastic. Do you know what? It was brilliant. Yeah, again, people have been making suggestions. Um, And uh, it's it's great to hear them because some of them, again, I've seen, some of them I've not seen. Uh, We... The, the only issue we have is that what, ideally what we try and do is we try and pick a movie that both Charlie and I can watch easily on something like Netflix or Amazon Prime where we've already got a subscription to those services. So forgive us if your movies did not make it into the final cut of uh, what we're suggesting. It's probably not because we don't want to watch them. It's more because we don't have uh, access uh, on our subscription services. But please keep suggesting because... Uh, it's great to hear those ideas, and we will do our best to kind of squeeze some of those ideas into future movies Definitely. as well. Um, do you want to give a couple of shout-outs, Charlie, to who uh, who made suggestions this week? Yes, yeah, so Tony suggested uh, Superbad, which starred Emma Stone in her youth, I'm guessing. Have you um, have you seen Superbad? I have not. I'm just... Oh, my God, it's amazing. It's, it's three kids who are underage in the States, um, so, so drinking age in the States is 21, right? You have to be over 21 to buy alcohol in, I think, in all states, maybe certainly in most. And they're, they, they're trying to go... The whole story is just the three guys just want to buy booze to go to a party. And that is the entire story. But it's just it ends up just becoming this night of chaos. Um, and it is proper, you know, 17, 18-year-old boy humour, but it is hilarious. I don't mean it's just for boys. It's, I think it's hilarious for... for everyone but if you've ever been a 17 or 18 year old boy which uh you are and i have been then uh, you'll probably find super bad fairly hilarious it's brilliant absolutely brilliant does look good um and then um i think it's uh is it Alyssa or is it i think i might have spelled it wrong that's all right alicia Alicia. i suggested chaplain which of course um starred robert downey jr um, yeah, so Chaplin's about these three boys who are just trying to get some booze for a party. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, the Charlie Chaplin biopic. I never saw that, actually. I remember it being a big deal when it came out, but I never saw it. Yeah, no, I think, I think my dad was telling me about it here. It was, yeah, Chaplin, Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, no, that's yeah. another good one. Oh, he's young in that. How old is he in that? That's... Well, he, 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 did, he had the lead, though, so I'm guessing he was probably... Late twenties, maybe mm. thought. Late twenties, maybe thirty, something like that. I mean, he's been around for donkeys, Robert Downey Jr. He's been been around a long time. Mm-hmm. Any more for any more, mate? Um, and then Catherine recommended um, Silver Linings Playbook, which um, starred Jennifer Lawrence. Which yes, that's a bit more of a kind weird. of drama. Uh, I. Trying to think who else I can't remember the oh it's terrible it's the guy um from the hangover who's also in it with her Bradley Cooper yeah. um is in that with Jennifer Lawrence um De Niro's in it what's that mate De Niro's in it yes I absolutely De Niro uh, I think plays Bradley Cooper's dad in it I think mm-hmm. um but good film Oscar nominated I think as well for for best picture I'm pretty sure but, uh, about five years ago I'm thinking five six years ago mm-hmm. um. Let me see. We had some others. We had uh, John uh, John Kersey nominated Air America and U.S. Marshals, which is proper young Downey Jr. Um, even younger Downey Jr. is a film called Weird Science nominated by Scott, which uh, made me giggle because I remember seeing that probably about 30 years ago. But Robert Downey Jr. has a really small role in that, but he is quite memorable. Um, again, Weird Science is a proper like teenage boy comedy. Have you heard of Weird Science? I don't think I have. Weird Science is basically two kind of geeky American teenage, maybe about 15, 16 years old, 
it's back in the kind of mid 80s when computers personal home computers were becoming a big thing right so obviously laptops are prevalent now but this was like you would get your first home computer and you could create you could code games yourself and they were obviously terrible but you could do stuff on a computer sure and in weird science they kind of stretched the boundaries of what you could do with a home computer because these two geeky kids wanted to build the perfect woman and that's what they did they they built a woman she turned out to be a model as a woman called kelly lebrock at the time who was the actress um and she was just like this really stunning supermodel type woman that they created on basically a personal computer that's probably got less memory than your mobile phone has now uh it kind of stretched the stretched the imagination a bit but everyone fancied kelly lebrock so everyone loved it and it was quite it genuinely quite funny but it was really stupid as well um and then what I, I'm loving about asking people to nominate movies is the fact that sometimes they just don't care about what we ask them to nominate. Yeah. They just nominate stuff that they love. A random themselves. movie of the week. Yeah. So uh, Sean has nominated Ferris Bueller's Day Off, which again is a real kind of rites of passage. A good one. Uh, young people um, escaping school for the day or skipping school for the day and, and just having a, having a mental day. Um, but it's got none of those actors in it. And uh, Sharon has nominated The Outsiders, which is like an 80s, oh, yeah, sure, yeah. like a gang movie. Outsiders is like the um, the gangs, isn't it? The, yeah, they're all kind of, I'm pretty sure they all had like black leather jackets and denim that's, jeans and that. That's, was the look. that's Tom Cruise, like, isn't it? Tom. I think so, yeah. It was like yeah. every young male Hollywood actor at the time seemed to be in The Outsiders. Patrick there was The Outsiders and there was another movie called Young Guns. And Young Guns was like another movie about a gang, but it was a gang of cowboys set back in like, uh, the Wild West, but it was just every well-known young male actor. Yeah. Uh, and it, those movies were, you just don't see movies like that now. No. Nah. It's weird. I suppose uh, you would have had like Harry Potter movies and stuff with a lot of young actors in it, but they were relatively unknown, weren't they, before they yeah. started in the Harry Potter films. Um, so thank you very much for all your shout outs because there's some brilliant movies there and we will keep them on the list and look to try and involve them in the, the challenge as the weeks and months go on sadly none of them are on Netflix <laughs> or Amazon Prime so I've done a little bit of digging okay. and I've got two movies it's your choice this week isn't it if I give you two options you get to sure. choose Cool. and I have decided to offer you a movie starring Jennifer Lawrence Okay. And a movie starring Emma Stone. Cool. Okay. So the movie starring Jennifer Lawrence is The Hunger Games. Okay. I don't know if you... Have you seen that before? I haven't seen that one. Okay. And the movie starring Emma Stone Mm -hmm. is Easy A, which was, I think, her first lead role. She'd supported in things like Superbad and stuff before, but she's the lead in Easy A. Okay. Tough choice because I feel like Easy A is more kind of is that I think that's more kind of standalone kind of one and done kind of situation. But then Hunger Games is we're we're gonna do a universe and there's six movies and there's I don't know much about Hunger Games, but the Hunger Games had two sequels, but a bit like Harry Potter, the final film, the third the the, the third movie was split into two movies. Oh, yeah. okay. So there's four movies, basically three three stories. But this would be the very first one. This would be The Hunger Games, the, the start of the trilogy. Okay. Easy um, A, absolutely standalone movie, um, kind of high school uh, comedy. Hunger Games, I don't know how you describe Hunger Games, dystopic society, yeah, okay. um, battle royale style weirdness. Sure. Um, can we say, can we try Hunger Games if that's okay? Yeah, of course. Because I haven't, Absolutely. I haven't one, so that'd be interesting to do. And it's kind of different to ones that we've done before. More, more, um, more, and it's more, more popular, I guess. Oh, very, yeah, huge, absolutely massive, and more, um, probably more action than we've done before as well. Um, so yeah, no problem, mate. Hunger Games, cool. Happy to do that, definitely. Awesome. Um, so that sets the tone for what is going to be the next couple of weeks. So uh, we're taking a short break. Um, and we will catch up again two weeks from today which means um, two weeks from this recording will be our next 
release, which will be episode five when we talk about the Hunger Games. But if you are listening to this thinking, but wait, Andrew, Charlie, if there's one thing I want to know before you go, it's what's the challenge for week number six? And, and so I that know will have to say you'll have to wait two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, we're no. you don't need to do that. Poor souls. Um, so what we are listening for, or what we are looking out for rather, um, as recommendations, and I think we're going to need recommendations for this one, right? Because yeah. I, I, I'm kind of struggling for which ones to pick out. Challenge number six, Charlie, go for it. What's, uh, what's challenge number six? It's um, a film with subtitles. So um, any film that you can put the subtitles option on. <laughs> well, yeah, just if you're hard of hearing. <laughs> no, so um, any kind of foreign language film in which there are subtitles. So I guess you can, are we saying, shall we say that we can do a film that, like Okja, has subtitles, but isn't, you can either do a film with all subtitles or kind of mostly subtitles, I guess. I think let's, let's do foreign language film. Yeah, let's say that then. Let's say foreign language film. So it's it, and you know people happen to speak English and that's fine, but uh, but yeah, it'd be good to get uh, some recommendations of foreign language films, and subtitles is a really weird one, right? It some sometimes it just I know some people who subtitles literally just puts them off watching a movie, mm. um, other people who you know really into foreign cinema and and you know often feel that a lot of foreign films are neglected because everyone's so obsessed with the movies that come out of America. So, um, so no, I'd be really interested to uh, hear what people have got to recommend. Yeah, no, it'd be good. Fab. So we'll get that on Facebook, on Twitter, when we release this movie. Uh, please contact us, tweet us, get in touch with us over Facebook, let us know your recommendations. Mm-hmm. Um, please also watch uh, The Hunger Games with us and, and uh, you can listen to us talking about The Hunger Games in a couple of weeks' time. Yep. Cool. But for now, uh, a huge thank you again, Charlie. Thank you very much for your time today. And, uh, you know, I'll let you go back to starting the Jake Gyllenhaal fan club. <laughs> no, thank you. No, thank you again for um, hosting it all and, and encouraging. So, no, it's been, a, it's been great. And yes, I will start the Jake Gyllenhaal fan club. Because he, right. he was great in that film. I can't believe that's the last word in this podcast. All right, mate. Good on you. I will speak to you very soon. Take it easy. All right. You too.